0: Welcome back to New to Medical Device Sales. I am your host, Jacob McLaughlin, and today I have a very special guest that I'm so excited to share with you guys. Today we have a guest who was a manager at a nutrition company and has broke into medical device sales, but didn't just break in, was able to go through the process where he was getting interviewed by two top companies, got to go through that process, was getting flown out to places, and I'm going to have him share his experience. So today, we welcome Jack Short to the podcast. Jack, thanks so much for jumping on today. Awesome to be here, man. Yeah, and, and first off, congratulations on breaking in. You know, I know we talked a little bit before you broke in and just your journey, and I know you, you worked your butt off, so just congratulations for you.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a long and it's a super hard journey, but it's going to be super rewarding. I'm just so, uh, so blessed just through the whole process.
0: A hundred percent. And so, so, Jack, so jumping into it, you were a manager at a nutrition uh company so can you kind of just tell us a little bit about your background what you did before and then spinning off that why medical device sales after you were doing what you've done before
1: sure yeah so uh i actually started out you know wanting to become a doctor just like a lot of us probably listening on Uh, a lot of the people i'm still talking to today they all start with you know pre-med was around that's why i got my degree in something like that and uh that's how I kind of got into healthcare. Um, just even breaking into healthcare is super hard. Uh, easiest way I could get in was volunteering in the ER. So that's how I started. And then through that, I network- networked in as a, like a patient transporter. Did that for a year, wanting to become a uh, as a patient care tech. And uh, finally, took a year to network doing that. And then where my real experience was uh, as a patient care tech, working for one of our uh, local group of hospitals and that was my real patient experience where I was actually dealing with patients dealing with you know a lot of uh the actual direct patient care uh did that for a few years really liked it really gained experience and uh after that I was starting to battle back and forth between the whole pre-med route that a lot of people listening probably went through as well whether you want to you know want to take on all the debt if you want to go through that route and um really just is going to be most beneficial for your future and uh I decided that, you know, I got all the hours that I possibly could need, gained all those thousands of hours and all the volunteering and all that. And I decided maybe it's time to have a little bit more relaxable job. Um, took up a job with a nutrition company, super into fitness, super into supplements. Uh, so I started doing that. I got promoted into a managing position. And for the last about a year, year and a half, I've been uh, running the, uh, one of our local uh, stores for that nutritional company been really liking it. That's my, my first commission-based job. Yeah. Um, those, uh, getting into, you know, medical device sales, it's all commission-based. Um, you gotta be driven by stuff like that. You gotta, you know, be okay, possibly accepting a position with a very, very low salary, but a great commission structure. Uh, cause yep. you gotta want your dollar. You gotta earn your dollar. Um, and if that excites you, medical device sales is an awesome career. Um, cause there's definitely, you know, Uh, A lot of opportunities, you know, go out there and uh, make it a very rewarding career. Uh, So that's my background.
0: I love it. I love it. And when you were going through like volunteering, was that during college or was that outside of college?
1: Yeah, that was during college. Um, So as a soft, I was a, yeah, I was a sophomore in college, um, 19 years old. There's not a lot of 19 year olds working in the hospital Um, for people that don't have healthcare experience yet. You know, working in the hospital, it's a very professional environment you've got, yeah, you've got your surgeons and you've got your nurses and, uh, but you also have people that have been working in, let's say, uh, sterilization for 15 years. You've got housekeeping that have been there for 15 years. You've got leads, you've got uh, chefs. So it's a very, no matter what field or what position you are in the hospital, it's very professional. So as a 19-year-old, there's not a lot of opportunities just to break in. You're definitely not going in as, you know, um, um, I haven't come across a 19 year old medical sales rep yet, Yeah. Um, but you know, you're not going into that position and it's really hard to even get those entry-level jobs. So volunteering is an awesome way. You're going to get to learn pretty much the fundamentals of how hospitals work, how badging works, how uh, communication chain of command, stuff like that works. Um, So I think it's a really great opportunity, even if, you know, it's not, you know, uh, something that recruiters and interviewers are, are looking for, I still think it's going to give you a really good foundation on how the hospital systems are working, which is as a medical sales rep, you're going to be spending a lot of time.
0: Yeah, that's your your life a lot of the times. But I love that you said that because the thing I wanted to just touch on there is I have a lot of people who are in college reaching out and they're like, what can I do? right? And they're juniors, they're seniors. And this is just one thing that you did, right? It's always about the people I talk to that, you know, always strive for more, but also are exceeding and getting into these positions. It's people who are doing extra, right? You were going to college, but you're like, what's that next step that could help prepare me and also just help you better understand what you were going in, whether it was pre-med and just learning the hospital or where it goes. So I I love that part. And then I did want to just touch on, because this has actually been something that's popped up Every conversation this week, you know, I I still jump on calls and I talked to a guy for a while and it's your comment, right? Pre-med, should I go into all the debt? Should I go into that career? And same thing for me. I was like looking at OT. I was going to go into 150K of debt. You make $70,000, $80,000, and I'm like, something doesn't add up, right? And I just talked to a guy, nurse, practitioner, same thing. He was going to make like 80 k 90 k but there's hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. And so I just wanted to talk to you, like real quick touch on the point of, you know, what kind of drew you for like the medical device sales over, like, or just kind of your decision making? Because for me, it was, I'm, I pay all my own stuff. And, you know, and, and then you hear kind of what medical device sales is and, and that's intriguing. Kind of what was what was your process in, hey, medical device sales and the, the pre-med and all that good stuff?
1: Yeah, so just to over the top, you know, touch on that. If you're contemplating that and if you're thinking about this, that means you're pretty numbers oriented. Yep. Uh, working in medical device sales, you got to be numbers oriented. Um, you know, a great rewarding part of working in this industry is... Uh, you get to see, you know, the direct impact that you have on patients, you get to, you know, get all that. Um, However, for a lot of companies at the end of the day, if you're not hitting quota, if you're not making, you know, that bottom dollar, um, they're looking for those people that are, you know, getting chasing or uh, they're chasing after that dollar. um, Because you're there to literally sell product and build relationships. (laughs) So if you're thinking about that, you're running those numbers, you're probably a pretty rational thinker, you're already kind of uh, positioning yourself to be, you know, uh, great in medical device sales. Um, So yeah, with me, it was the same thing. Uh, There's a ton of debt going into, you know, uh, medicine, and residencies are a lot longer fellowships are uh, required for a lot more specialties. Um, and then just the rise of, you know, what doctors have been making. So I looked at it very rationally yeah. now that am not trying to deter anybody from going the pre-med route or from 100%. going, you know, the osteopathic or allopathic route, because if that's what you want to do and you want to be the autonomous factor, and that's what you're driven for, don't let anyone try to pursue a hundred yep. percent. Um, because there's a lot of drive for that. You know, there it's so every career has its own, you know, rewarding benefits and that's something um, the biggest thing I say is just be content, uh, competent in all your options. Yes. Don't go through anything blindly. Don't think you're going to you know, graduate med school unless you get a full ride with less than $100,000 in debt. Yep. Um, you got to remember a lot of those payback programs are about 10 to 30 years. Uh, interest is not that great on those programs. Um, so you got to look at it the long time. Also, when you graduate, you're probably graduating probably in your early to mid 30s. You probably have a mortgage. You might have kids. You're going to have a lot of other bills, too. So you got to look at, you know, when you're making these commitments that these aren't one to two year commitments, med school's four years, it's not a four year commitment. This is, you know, med school residency, yes, and then all the time that it's going to take to pay back med school. That's the commitment. If you want to quit being a doctor after you pay back all your loans, that's on you, but it's a 10 year commitment. So you really got to take that, you know, uh, with a grain of salt, you know, everything that you're getting into Uh, with medical device sales you know, it's also, it's a big time investment. If you think you're going to be working less than 40 hours a week, you know, (laughs) your first year. um, The number
0: one question, how much am I going to work, right? Yeah, and
1: and even if you think like, okay, well, 40 hours is standard, so 45 would be overtime, right? It's like, yeah, I don't know where you're going to get 45 hours either. I'm looking at my first uh, couple months diving in. There's just so much. It's that analogy drinking through the fire hydrant. Um, I'm prepared to work 90 hours a week, if not maybe a little bit more. You got to go into that. And then talking about working and uh, you know, going through college, you might be working part-time and then you might be thinking, "Holy crap, I'm already taking 16 credits. I work 15 hours a week at, you know, uh, the smoothie place or whatever it is. How am I going to find volunteering time?" I do agree with you. You know, I sympathize with you, and uh, it's tough. However, it's better to build those calluses early on that I found because you don't want to go into this career going from a 30 hour work week or, you know, putting about 40 hours of productive work a week into, and then, you know, hopping into medical device sales and then bam, it's 80 hours. Yep. Um, a lot of the people that I've met and talked to, I was just talking to somebody not long, a couple of days ago, he just got into another company and, and uh, the grind, even just trying to get into medical device sales, you're yep. putting in I was working 55 hours a week, and on top of that, I put in about 15 hours um, on top of 15 to 20 hours just trying to get into the industry, doing a lot of the uh, you know, tips and tricks that Jacob offers, you know, building that Excel program or uh, that Excel page. Um, talking to as many reps as I can. So that itself is going to be, you know, a part-time, if not full-time job too. So 100%. yeah, I don't know if saying building the calluses is the right word, but you got to kind of embrace that if you want to get into a career that's 60 to 80 hours a week, you kind of, it'd be better to start that earlier on than just trying to get hit with it right away.
0: Hundred percent, man. And the reason I want to touch on that is because again, it is it is all these college people, right? It's college listeners or people in their early twenties. And again, number one, like you said, never taking away from people who want to be a doctor. If that's your calling in life, go for it. Right. It's it's more of the people that the reason I'm doing this is a lot of times I I have people call me and they're like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't really know if I want to be a doctor. If that's you, and then you're like, oh my God, the debt load, that's where I'm like, well, just think about med device. You you can have a great living, not do your four years, go get some sales experience or break in right afterwards. And then you can make a career where you make very good money without all the debt load. And again, you might not make as much as the doctors, but you can, you're also not going to be paying back three, four, five hundred thousand $500,000, if not more uh, again. And then also, you know, a lot of times these doctors, the way they make money is they have to start their own business and then they have the running the business side of it, you know? So there's so much more that goes on with it. So I just wanted to really touch on it. But also with your saying, hey, making those calluses, you know, that was something I always touched on during the interview process. Um, I never really talked about my college years, but in college, I played basketball, right? So you're up at 6 a.m. at weights. You're going to class all day. You get done. You got an hour to chill for lunch. And then you're going to workouts for individual. Then you're coming back. You got practice. You get done. You have homework. It's nine o'clock at night. like You already do it. And then when I stopped playing ball, same thing. I worked at a gym at 4 a.m would go to classes at 11, do all that. And then I was an assistant coach. So you get these, like you said, the calluses. I was already used to working. So then I went into personal training and that was my talk every time I talked to these companies. I already woke up at four and I trained from 5 a.m. to a lot of nights, seven or eight o'clock at night with only about an hour break in there. I was like, I can do your job or I can do the job. That's asking that, right. I can do the job that's doing 60, 80 hours a week. Cause I'm already doing it Monday through Saturday, you know, and I would always give myself that time off on Sunday. But again, just having that conversation, like you're saying, because everybody who reaches out to me is like, how much time do I get off? How much am I going to work? And how much money am I going to make? And I've said this before, but just to everyone listening, you can't, if, if average in America is a 40 hour work week and average in America, is $60,000, if you're gonna to wanna to make double, triple, whatever that is, you're not being average, right? And it, it takes, and again, whether that's skill wise or whether that's just hard work or both of them, it's gonna take commitment, especially with everybody who reaches out, right? They hear 100K, 150K you are working your butt off for 100 to 150K. They're not nowhere in this world are they just giving you money, right? So that's just always my talk. So I just wanted to touch on that for everybody that's going through that college life and they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where my options are. Just always, like Jack said, be making sure you're looking at all your options, considering, and again, don't come in this mindset with like, hey, it's only gonna be 30, 40 hours a week because I promise you, I see that. And those are the people who don't have jobs six to six months to a year later, or they just quit, you know, because they're like, oh, it's too much. And I'd rather just go drink on the weekends and Monday through Friday, do my 40 hours and call it good, which again, nothing wrong with that. You just have to be self-aware and know your, know who you are. So going off next one, Jack. So like we talked about, you went through a pretty big interview process. You were going through several companies. Can you kind of touch on your interview process? You know, like we talked about, I know you. Did some traveling. So, can you kind of go into your interview process when you were going through it?
1: Sure. Yeah. So, uh, how I uh, first initially got into medical device sales was uh, working at the nutrition shop. Um, You know, you got to shine wherever you are. If you think you're in a job that has nothing to do with what you want to do with life, shine there anyway. You never know who you're going to meet, especially if you're in a job that has a high volume of people that you're talking to every single day um, somebody came up to me one day and just said, Hey, what are you doing with your life? Like he thought, Hmm, this is, you know, you're meant for more than this. And, uh, what was weird was it was in a very critical point in my life where I was still pre-med and I was, uh, I was contemplating not being pre-med anymore. However, I was not ready to put it into the air and say, I don't, you know, I'm deciding if I want to be a doctor or not. I still said, yeah, I'm gonna go the med route. You know, I want to be a doctor, that's what I want to do. Um, so that was the first time I, you know, um talked to that guy. And then later down the road, he just kept bullying me over and over. So you should sure want to be a doctor, you sure you want to be a doctor? And then uh that really didn't have any impact on me. But uh about three months down the road, it kind of I was ready to bring it into the air and say, Man, this isn't for me anymore. Um, next time he talked to me, he said, uh, let's have lunch. We sat down, he had a lot of connections. He had uh, a connection with somebody that was a senior sales rep in uh, one of the local territories for a spine company. I sat down with him. I had my first interview with him um, and I bombed it. I I pretty much was pretty much as prepared. Like I was trying to become the assistant general manager at a um, like a garage uh, or not a garage, like a a guitar center or some type of retail store, um, because I went on Glassdoor and I read their reviews and I, you know, did things that you might do for a general interview Yeah. and uh, it went horrible. And that was uh, my experience into medical device sales. And then, uh, he, uh, he recommended a good book. Um, and I'm not sure if I can mention it or not, but oh hundred
0: percent. Yeah. Whatever book, man.
1: Yeah. So it's called, uh, how to break into pharmaceutical sales by Tom Ruff. So obviously pharmaceutical sales, medical device sales, they're not the exact same, but they do share a lot of similarities. Um, it was an awesome book. It taught me a whole lot about networking communications, what they're looking for. It lists out specific companies and what they're kind of, uh, gauging towards. That really, uh, is what, uh, immersed me in kind of the medical device sales culture or that, uh, healthcare sales culture. Um, and then I started applying online and just like probably a lot of people on here, you're going to apply to a hundred different places online. You won't talk to anybody. Um, you might get some emails back uh, to set up interviews with recruiters. Um, but for me, I sent out about 110 uh, applications and I just shotgunned it. I just, you know, I don't care anywhere in the country. Just get me a job. Love it. Um, that didn't work out for me. Not saying you can't get interviews from doing it that way, but it didn't work out for me. Um, still just kept trucking along. And then uh just one of the day. Uh one day I just received a recruiter interview from um, we'll call them Company A and uh set up my recruiter interview. Um, I prepared a lot more and uh I'll give kind of an inside tip on this first interview. Um they're very usually gonna be very nice. They're always gonna be very nice on the interview. It's not gonna be a grumpy person because they're interviewing you, but you gotta remember you're also interviewing them. These HR recruiters or talent acquisition specialists or whatever the position is—they're going to be very cheerful. And at the very end of it, uh, they said, "Man, I really like you. I think you're going to do really well with our company." And I said, "Awesome, sweet." And there's—and then they said, "Sweet. So you should be receiving an email within, you know, the next couple of days or so." And I said, "Sweet, awesome, goodbye." And uh, if anybody doesn't know, I didn't close it. However, I said to in my head, I was like but they said, I do so well. And they, you know, they said, I look great in their company. So I said, Oh, I don't have to close them. Um, definitely should have closed them. That was one of the reasons I didn't get pushed on with the company. And, uh, after that, that's when I learned how to close watching a lot of Jacob's videos and, uh, just doing other resources. And, um, I just felt so silly and everyone's going to go through this. If you get multiple interviews, if you get, you know, going through this interview process, you're going to have a lot of shoot, you know, your foot in the leg or, uh, shoot your foot kind of uh
0: um, shoot yourself in the foot
1: shoot yourself in the foot kind of yeah, like that. yeah <laughs> you're gonna have those moments and you're gonna think back you know like how come i just didn't say it like this or why did i mention this in the interview like holy crap like i can't believe i screwed up um you can try to ameliorate it you can try to make it better um or sometimes you say things or some things come across uh that it can't be repaired And you still got to write that thank you letter. You still got to, if you have to apologize for anything you said or whatever happened, um, try to make, you know, amends. Uh, For me, I was like, I'm not giving up. I'm going to keep emailing them, following up with them over and over um, because I got rejected for the uh, position where I'm located in Phoenix. Um, But they had other positions in the company. It's a huge company, top five company. And I just kept hounding them. And eventually I was granted another interview with a regional sales manager. Um, And right now, there are some companies that are doing in-person for me with this one, it was all over zoom. Um, And you might not get that in-person one till the very end. Uh, So I had my interview with the regional sales manager. I made sure I closed that way. Make sure you do, you know, a little bit of research on the people that you're interviewing, make sure you do an in-depth amount of research into the company, make sure you're well-prepared. You've got preparation and execution. You got to pretty much attack both of those at a hundred percent. I got passed up again. Uh, or I got uh, moved up again, the chain of command. I talked to some reps in the company even more. And then I interviewed with the sales director. And this was a very long process. Over the time of application to my final interview with the sales director, who generally is going to be the last person or the highest up person you'll speak to, above that's the area vice president. Uh, I've never heard of anybody talking to somebody in that position unless you have that personal contact. Um, But usually it's going to be the sales directors as high as you'll go. Um, it was about seven weeks, I would say seven to eight weeks in that time span. So this was a slower moving company. Um, they're usually hiring a lot more people. And in that span, um, I got, I, uh, this is how I got my interview with company B we'll call them. Um, I connected with them on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is an amazing tool. I highly recommend it we talk about these small investments, Jacob's book. It's a small investment. However, you know, we're talking about going from whatever you're making now to making a lot more to potentially a immense amount more, yep. uh, $30, $40, $50 LinkedIn, their premium yep. right now. Uh, I think I paid $60 and it gets you unlimited messages to as many people as you want. That's a huge bonus in my opinion, because I was sending out so many messages. Um, there was a regional sales manager of company B I emailed him asked him uh, made sure I you know uh, told him I've spoke to a couple of your reps in your company I love the culture I think I could be a great contributor to what you guys have going on would you ever have a couple minutes to talk and he said yes I've got time right now I'm in the middle of the work day um, I dropped everything I, uh, <laughs> I, I had going on right there I uh, I ran outside I called him had a great conversation I talked to him about his territory asked him hey is your territory expanding he said yes I said does that you know involve bringing on more people, you know, does that involve hiring people? He said, yes. I said, awesome. Well, I think I'd be a great fit for your company. Can we set up a formal interview? He said, yes. And then from there, it just kept moving me up. And then uh, this is something that I've, uh, from talking to people, I've seen more and more common recently. You're going to get passed around to a lot of people, not only up the chain of command, but your number and name might just get sent out to a rep or you might just get this rep's number. They're going to say, hey, I want you to call this person and talk to them. I want you to follow up with this person uh what they're doing is they're making sure that you're not just BSing your way from a 30 minute interview and that you've got a personality that's going to click with everybody yep um because yeah you're talking to the surgeon you're going to be in you know the operating room up to upwards of you know some surgeries are 12 to 16 hours um that's a lot of time in the you know in the operating room you're talking to the surgeon but you're also talking to Possibly the anesthesiologist or the nurse anesthetist. You are going to be talking to the circulatory or the circulating nurse. You're going to be talking to the surgical techs. You're going to be talking to a lot to the surgical techs. Usually, that's the person you're standing yep. right next to. Um, they're going to make sure that you know your personality is not just a one and done kind of deal. So don't be afraid if you just keep talking to different people within a company because that's what happened to me for both of those companies. Yep. Um, and then after that, I got flown out to. Um, California and, uh, had my in-person meet and greet, had, uh, a couple tours of the hospital, um, had di- or had uh, breakfast with them. And then, um, made sure that, you know, I soft closed on that. If they're flying you out, they probably got good interest in you. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of money, even though these companies are huge flying people out, putting them in hotels, you know, everybody's got a budget. We're not just going to blow through it. Um, so do take it, you know, um, you know, it's a positive thing. Uh, however, for me, I knew that I didn't have to, I knew that I was going to be offered the position right then and there. And for a lot of times that might not be the case, um, that they'll be able to offer you it. So make sure that you're closing, but you got to gauge which company you're with, because I've come across companies where it's a hard close. You need to have a hard close with them. They might want to see you being a little bit more pushy. And then some companies, they might be more personality-based. They might want to make sure that you're touching on all basis that you're, uh, you're pretty much hitting all the checkoffs that they have in their head uh, of who they want to see as their rep, or as their junior sales consultant, or as their sales associate, and uh, just a a soft close is kind of what's needed. But that's going to be on you determining what kind of company you're interviewing with. And you should know what that is, not only by researching the company, but talking to the reps. That's kind of boasted on this channel. Talk to the reps, talk to the reps, talk to the reps. And I can't agree more. Talk to the reps. Like they're (laughs) so beneficial. They will help out so much. Um, At the very best, they get you an interview. They're like, man, I really like this guy. Uh, Hey, is it cool if I, you know, get your resume and then I can forward off to my hiring manager. That's at very best at very worst. It's a great connection. And then you just learn something about the company and, uh, also one thing, make sure that you ask, Hey, is it cool if I, uh, if I just keep you posted in my process? Um, I think you've been a tremendous amount of help. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Is it cool if I just send you a text, you know, every once in a while, just to update you on what's going on yep. because you're building connections. This is also practice for building connections. It's not just a, Hey, let's talk for 30 minutes and then boom, we never talk again. Yep. One and done. Um, if you're trying to sell to a surgeon. It's not going to, Hey, let me give you this, this pitch and then, all right, cool. You'll be, uh, you know, working with my associates now, you know, you have to build these deep relationships. So I'm still texting with a lot of, uh, a lot of the reps that help me out from companies that I have no interest in anymore because I've already accepted a position. Yep. Um, but yeah. And then after that, like I said, they might not be able to offer you. There's a lot of policies that go through this. They might, there might be a time or a conversation or a place where they might just not be able to offer you something and you uh, just keep that in mind, soft clothes, if you need to hard clothes, but never try to bully somebody into doing something. 100%. It's just going to have diminishing effects. Yep. Um, and then make sure you follow up. You got to yep. follow up on everything. Um, there's uh, people that, or there's one person I've talked to that got all the way to the very end with the company. And he was so excited because he thought he got the job and he followed up through email and it was weird because he followed up through phone call for all the additional ones, but he ah. thought he had the uh, the job in lock, and he followed up through email and text, but he never gave a call. And uh, he thinks that that just sent a wrong impression. I would agree because well, I'm just going to say phone calls in this kind of, you know, field uh, working with the people that, you know, the surgeons, a lot of them still prefer phone calls over yep. texts. Um, so really just gauge your, uh, the culture of the company that you're working for. Yep like I said, preparation and execution, you gotta be great at both. I know a couple of people that suck at preparation, but they're, uh, they're great um, BSers and they can execute very well. These regional sales managers, they're going through so many interviews, they'll be able to tell. <laughs> they do
0: yeah. this for a living. Yeah, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the whole perfect applicant thing, um, just know almost every single, I'm, I'm gonna uh, not say that, but a lot of these companies, they require a bachelor's degree. Yep. You don't need to mention that you have a bachelor's degree. If you took, you know, if you have a bachelor's degree in biology, you don't need to reference that you learned this uh, in anatomy course. You have a degree in biology. You pro- yep. they assume that you took an anatomy course. Yep. So a lot of the things it's just redundant. You don't need to speak on um, really emphasize on the things that are making you different. And maybe you have things that don't make you different, but you just did very well in. So if you have a great sales experience, talk on that. That's, you know, that's something that's really going to, you know, help you get into this industry. So that was my interview process. Um, before company a could offer me something, company B offered me a great package and, uh, it was just a better location. It was a bet. um, it was a more preferred company for uh, what I see for myself. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I'm just so extremely blessed. I'm just so happy with the process.
0: That's awesome, man. And and I, I was taking some notes on here because you just, you guys who are listening, go back and listen to the last 10, 15 minutes again, two or three times because Jack put so many great nuggets in there for you guys to go through this process that are going to get you guys hired if you just listen and you actually work with them. And so I just took some notes down, man. And The number one, was where you said, be great. And that's one of the best things I've, I've been told is be great where you are right now because that will always lead to the next thing. Like you said, people see that in you and they'll see opportunity and it never stops. And I, and I always remember that there's some professional coaches and they would say, hey, I'm trying to get in to be where you are. What, what's your advice? And that was his advice to these interns. Be great at what you do, where you're at. If you're going to mop the floor, be the best mopper of the floor because somebody will notice and it just works its way up. So I wanted to touch on that. But like number two, bombing your interview. Welcome to it, baby. My first one I got, uh, I thought it was just a meet and greet like on the phone and he was a full out interview. So let's just say I never got a call back. I never had it because I was not prepared at all. I thought I was just meeting with the manager on a phone call. Um, But yeah, like, like you said in there, that's when you guys will learn it. And I always, I always reference it back to sports. Everyone who calls me is like, I'm going to get the first job I ever apply for. Great. I hope you're the 1% who does, but 99% of the time, you're probably not going to, because you just don't know that the format and medical device sales is so much different than any other industry, especially if you're coming from a general job to like now this professional job, how they, they set it up. So that's where my advice and like Jack said, is you're going to just be doing multiple and you want to get as many under your belt because eventually it's just going to be like game film. You've seen it three times before, you know how to answer that question or this situation or this scenario. So be able to work on that muscle of just, you know, continuing to grow and get as much interviews. And even if it's somebody, I said this to somebody the other day, even if it's someone you're not interested in working with, because the interview process never changes of like, you can learn stuff. There can be great, great questions. And you can just be learning on like, Hey, what did I take away from that? Because that happened to me all the time. And then going with, I wanted to just talk about, um, When you were talking about, hey, you're working with the scrub tech, you're working with the nurses, you're working, and you got to talk to all these different reps. What these reps are doing and what these managers are doing, they want to see when you're doing this, this is your process. They're watching you to see how's he going to be with the doctor? How's he going to handle the sale process? This is how he would talk to a nurse while you're talking to the reps and going through the interview process. That's what's going through their head. But the thing I want to just talk about, and like what Jack's saying, is you deal with so many different personalities people, education levels, experiences when you're in the OR. And I just say that, for example, you're with a surgeon, like Jack mentioned earlier, who went through 10 or 12 years worth of schooling. You're with an anesthesiologist, same thing with a nurse, who's probably four years degree. And then you could be with a scrub tech who has a two-year degree or a four-year degree or no degree, right? Like that's the reality of these. And they just went, through courses or they got certifications. So that's a pretty wide range of conversations you're having and each person is going to be a little different. So that's why it's so important to be talking to so many different people because each person is different, but it's when you're in the room. You know, you're know, you not going to be with the, in the room with only surgeons. You're not in the room with only one type of person. There's a bunch of different people. So I really just wanted to touch on that one. And then really, like you said, some companies are different. You know, some are going to want a hard close. Some are going to not, uh, not want to as hard of a close. Or it's also where are you at in the um, process, what's your relationships like? If you have a good relationship with the regional manager compared to if you're somebody who's just trying to climb the ladder, it can be a little tougher. But this is my number one comment I have with everybody when it's like, should I close? Should I do stuff? First off, yes, you should mostly always close, especially if you're not in the final interview on your way up. But with that is you got to read the room. You know, and this is my number one talk. Everybody always asks me and they're like, well, how do I know? How do I know? And I'm like, it's just like if I'm having a conversation right now with Jack, I'm going to read his body language. I'm going to read how his voice is because I talk about this all the time. There's sometimes I go into surgery and I have some pretty big things I need to talk to my surgeons about for sales and some, some uh, conversations we need to have. If that surgery does not go well the last thing i'm bringing up is sales and money and financial opportunity right i'm reading the room because just it, for example it could and it doesn't even have to be your product that went bad maybe it was just a bad case and they're in a bad mood the last thing they're going to ever want to talk about is money new products, new anything. They just, they had a bad case. They got to get over it. But I'm just saying that, for example, when you guys are with managers or with VPs, you got to be able to read people. You got to be able to read situations because that's literally my job. That's our job as medical device sales reps. Yes, we have quotas. We have other things. But you also got to be able to read the room and be able to know what's appropriate when it so again jack you touched on so many great nuggets but i want those were notes that i was taking because i was like man you are just hitting on so many great things so again everybody please go back and listen to the last 10-15 minutes where jack just went into his process because you're going to learn so much of everything he went through and then also like he said we had the talk where's the better fit for your lifestyle what what where do you see yourself in your career and, and that's the thing i don't think a lot of people do. Um, they're just trying to break in but for example like yourself jack you're a great candidate it showed there's more to multiple people interested in you and when you are that good at uh, that prospect that has options you got to then really dig deep for yourself and like you said they got to sell to you many people forget about that they think it's just selling to them and trying to get with the company that company's got to sell to you because it's got to be a right fit for yourself right
1: yeah and you gotta be you gotta be real about yourself. If you have no healthcare experience, and you have no uh, type of sales experience, and you didn't go to some type of post back program or uh, outside of your degree program, um, you know you might have some work to be done. Uh, but if you know who you are, and you've got all those, and you've got the check marks, you've got a great personality, you gotta be real with yourself and know. You know, sometimes, and I don't mean sometimes. This should be all the time. It's better to be three to six months more, uh, longer in the candidacy pool waiting for the job. Yes. We're all trying to break in and we want that first job. Um, however, if you know, you're a great candidate and you know that you're, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, When? um, make sure that you're not just shotgunning those applications out. Be real with yourself. If you've got a, a family already settled where you are, don't think of this as a, well, I can do my, you know, I can be a sales associate um for you know a year to a an year and a half now we can do long distance we can do whatever blah blah, blah and i can eventually come back you got to play it by the now stance um be real with yourself if you know you are a competitive applicant take the extra three months you know it's okay to be a little selective and a little picky um if you're that confident that you know that you're going to get in um however it never hurts still just to take the job offer um you know it's all about cost versus benefit yeah um yeah and uh you got to also just to touch back on the last comment, um, the surgeon's the person you're selling to or admin or the purchaser, whoever has the purchasing power. Yep. That's who you're selling to. Um, but you are uh, you're selling yourself to the entire room. It's the yes. surgeon's room. Um, and uh, I just want to reiterate this for when everybody does break in um, because you're going to get told by this. But I just want to say it a thousand more times. Um, you're selling yourself to the entire surgical room so if you have a bad attitude to any of the employees in that room or if you just don't bring the right presence um yeah that surgeon notices if he's not the smartest person in the room he's one of the smartest people in the room and he's probably very observant because as his job he is has to be a people person you know doctors surgeons they are talking to people all the time families patients and then all the medical device sales reps, all the pharmaceutical device sales reps, all the administration of the hospitals. So they are probably the most people oriented person in the entire room. So they're gonna be able to read, you know, what you're bringing into that room. Um, at the very worst, you need to be a chameleon. You need to be able to blend into that room. At the very best, you need to be able to be able to contribute something into that culture or into the tone of the room. Um, I've uh, been told uh, that, you know, you might be in the OR and it might be a very joking matter. However, you need to be able to flip into very serious mode and you need to be able to read the room talking about reading people. You might be in the OR and you might, you know, be joking around with the surgeon and the surgical te- tech. However, based on the surgeon's energy, if it gets serious, don't say that last joke. It doesn't matter how funny it is. Don't say the last
0: 100%, joke. That is um, such a, that's such a great point. I just want to say this because I, I've been in that room. I was, when I was shadowing, I'm trying to get in there. It's a great, there's music playing surgeons, all happy. And then surgeons like, where's the sixth screw has to go and retake the screws out the other five screws. Cause he couldn't find the sixth one. And he's like, all right, shut up. Bam. And it went from laughing to shut the hell up. Nobody say another word. It's business now. Right. Yeah. And then after 10 minutes of it, okay, it's fixed. Then it's back to, okay, now we can have a conversation, right? But that it, it's just like that. Like you said, I, that happens with me all the time, right? Because a lot of times the scrub techs or the nurses, it, like with my division, it might be a little easier case for them. So they're more like they wanna have a conversation. If I'm watching my surgeon, I'll talk with them, but I'll be watching my surgeon. And if they're having difficulty, the conversation we just had, it's not to be rude, but that conversation just stopped and I walk away and there's, it's silence and I'm asking the doctor if they need anything. Again, and they know that, but again, like you're saying, reading the room and that's just a great point. Like that's the point I just can't get over enough. And then I wanted to touch on knowing your self-worth, right? For myself, same thing. I got the four job offers. My first one, I declined and it was with a big company, but it was in Atlanta. I had to, I had some things in the works here and I decided not to take that job. And, and again, I just tell people it all plays out. It all works out for the good, but again, very, super blessed. If I would have took that job, I would have moved to Atlanta and I would still be an associate. I waited literally two more months, three more months. And I landed in my hometown, my biggest accounts, five minutes from me. And I landed a full line sales rep, right? Because I was like, okay, I have some things in the work. I feel like this might be a better move. So like Jack said, you know, if you are a person who is very confident or or a great candidate, again, know your worth. And, And to that last point is for me. I didn't have the quote unquote sales experience or the medical experience they were looking for. Like Jack said, I was also cool with, Hey, it might take someone else three to six months. It might take me a year. That's okay. But if I don't quit, I'll break in. So I think that's a mindset also. If you guys are reaching out and trying to break into this industry, that's something to keep in mind. But Jack, I really, this is my favorite question of everything. If someone's going to reach out to you and they'll be like, Jack, what can I do to break in? What can I, be like you and and be successful, get multiple job offers, be going through these interview processes. What would be your advice to anybody trying to reach out to you, trying to break into medical device sales?
1: Sure, yeah. So one, reach out to your reps and then you need to start thinking of what that, uh, that perfect sales rep, that perfect medical device rep, his life or her life or what she's doing. And you need to start emulating that because if they're working eight hours a week and maybe, you know, your job doesn't offer eight hours of work, work a week, you need to be putting in 80 productive hours of work a week so that might mean 30 hours of schoolwork, 30 hours of work work and then an additional 15 hours of um you know trying to break into this industry messaging people stuff like that and then an additional five hours of self-development um don't fall into that perfect applicant kind of phase because everybody's trying to say the exact right answers. Um, If everybody's Googling what to say, what to answer this question, you're all getting the same top 10 links. You're all looking at the same stuff. So um, try to become more more well-rounded. A big thing for me was reading. Um, Another book I really like, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie.
0: Yep, great book. I don't
1: know if it's over a hundred years old, but I recommend that to everybody. Still stays Um, true
0: today, man. One of my favorite books as well.
1: Yep. So um, that's a great one to start with. And then just become becoming a reader, becoming as well rounded as you can. And you need to start practicing that lifestyle. So medical sales reps, when they're talking to people, they're not grumpy. They have a great personality. They are very personable. They know how to talk to people. They know how to read people. So you need to start getting good at that. If you're in, like I said, that opportunity where you have a high volume of people where you're interacting with, you want to shine because you may never know who you're going to run into, but even if you knew you'd never run into anybody that could help you out, you're still practicing because this practice, you know, there's the other saying, uh, if you don't use it, you lose it. So whether you're in, you know, that environment already, keep running with it, keep talking to people. You need to start emulating what you think a good medical device sales rep is. If you don't know what that's like, what they're like, you need to start learning more about it. You need to talk to your reps, talk to your reps, talk to your reps. Um, I can't say it enough um, nobody's going to be, you know, they're either not going to respond to you, which is fine, or they're going to help you out. I, uh, not saying it won't happen, but I never came across somebody that's like, they, uh, I asked, you know, if they ever had a quick minute to talk on the phone and they are just like, no, never came across that. Um, they just won't respond plain and simple, or maybe they'll just do it over text or email or whatever's going on.
0: Yep. But,
1: um, you know, when you do break in also on the other side of, you know, the, of the grassy hill, help other people out. I was just talking to somebody an hour ago. I'm going to talk to somebody in 15 minutes. Um, I'm going to do my best to give my insight. Um, know that not everybody has the, uh, the depth of knowledge of trying to break into the field that, you know, Jacob has. Um, but also not a lot of people, you know, also have the ability to hire anybody else. So never ask for a job, never try to be too pushy with people, never try to say, Hey, can you pass my resume on yeah. to, you know, your hiring manager? Um, I'd put a bad taste in my mouth because, you know, depending on who you're talking to in the field, unless you know that they have a hiring power, it's better just to build the relationships. A lot of, you know, the times that these people have, you know, great market share, it's not based off of, you know, maybe what you're selling, but based off the relationships. That's it, man. Um,
0: that's it. That's and I... And I, I don't want to interrupt you, but I do just want to touch on the base of like exactly what you said. Even if it is a manager that has hiring power, you know what happens and put a bad taste in their mouth is when somebody who hasn't created a relationship with them or just talked to them for 20 minutes is like, can I have a job? Well, and, I, and I always talk to people. I'm like, why the heck would I give you a job or why would they give you a job when they don't know you? Like one conversation, like you, like we know, anybody can be a jerk or like can be nice for 30 minutes and then be a jerk in real life. We, they want to get to know you. And like you're saying, Jack is, and you've already touched on it is, I never sent my resume unless they asked for it. Because guess what? When people like you, then they'll ask and then they'll help you out.
1: I will say the only time it is acceptable to ask for the job is after you've gone through every single one of the interviews. Oh, yeah. And you know it, you're at that point and try to be creative with it. I just plain and simple said, you know, um, I actually use it a little bit to my, you know, my advantage. I said uh, something like, Hey, I really like this company. I want to work for this company. I know that, you know, that I'm also interviewing and at the office stage with company a, however, and, you know, I could possibly use that offer to, you know, uh, leverage, you know, your offer and try to, you know, make it work with me. However, I want to work with you. I'm willing to, you know, accept the position. If you have it to offer with me right now, can I have this job? I said something like that. Um, somebody else told me they uh after you know closing on them, they just said, Hey, uh, I just have one more question, you know, what should I wear on my first day of work? Yep. Something like that. If you want to be a little creative like that, that's a one time, it's acceptable. If you know you're at the very end, don't have that, you know, bad taste in your mouth that you know a week later you saw that hurt anything and you're just like, How come I didn't hard close them? That's the one time where I do think it might be needed is at the very end and you got to know you're at the very end if you 100%. haven't met them in person yet you're probably not at the very end yep um but when you're at the very end sometimes that hard close i think it does really help because if somebody's hard closing and somebody's not hard closing for sure a scenario like i said earlier they might not be in the position just through their company policy where they can offer you that job yep. that's totally okay smile shake their hand you know say your goodbyes follow up through email follow up through call um, and go about your ways, but um, yeah, it's the one time make sure that you ask for the job at some point near the very end,
0: 100% man. And, and where, I, where I was going with that is just the talk of uh, people do that on the right. first call, annoying, right? It? Yeah, yeah, like they do it on the first call or the second call, and they've not, and, and that's not even the interview process, that's just on getting on a conversation, right? And it's like they don't know, yeah, when you're going through the interview process, advice close every time. When and again, it's not like this hard anything, it's just like, hey, for example. Yeah, if you're going through the second round, hey, what does the next steps look like? When can I expect to hear back from you? Can I put it on my calendar? Right, stuff like that. And they're like, oh, we'll get back to you. We'll let you know it's two weeks, right? Whatever it is, and then you follow up. But yeah, no, a hundred percent. Like Jack saying, you've got to make sure that you're you're closing, you're asking for the job because they want to make sure that they see it. So again, Jack, man, thank you so much for just taking time out of your night and, and jumping on with us because we truly appreciate it. And again, please listen to this twice because. Jack put so many bombs and nuggets in there for you guys that if you just take the time and listen and do what he says, I promise you, you will be successful. And the last thing I wanted to touch on, because you made a great point, is working on those skills of being a social person. I say this with everybody. I My dad was a truck driver. He literally would get on a phone call with a stranger and talk for three hours. That's why I can talk so much and I can do these podcasts. But I always tell people I have some buddies that they wanted to get in personal training. They're pretty Antisocial people, I said you need to go to a nursing home, a mall, somewhere where people are, and start talking with them. Because the only way to get better, like you're saying, is to go and practice it. And like for me, I'm everyone's best friend right when I walk in. That's that's the energy I try to bring. I try to be like my goal, and and it's happened. And that's where some of the success comes into. My goal was like I'm gonna be that golden retriever that's super helpful, but just smiling. And when I walk out of the room they always are like, man, that Jacob guy, he's a nice guy, or man, he was super helpful. That was always my goal. And I've, and I've seen it and my doctors have played it out and it's been well, but that's just my advice. Like Jack said, if you are not that person, a work on the muscle. And if you just refuse to work on the muscle, I don't know if med device is your job. So again, but Jack, thank you so much for jumping on it. Can they, where can they find you if they want to reach out to you, if you're okay with that?
1: Yeah. LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Facebook about once every three months. Uh, I just check it to see when my, when my grandmas have messaged me or something <laughs> like that. Um, no TikTok, no Instagram, no nothing like that. So uh, don't try searching me, you won't find me. Um, yeah, LinkedIn, you're uh, welcome to message me. Um, I'll, uh, if I have the time of the day, more than welcome to you know, try to give you a couple minutes of my time, give you any advice, any specific tips, but yeah, no problem at all.
0: I love it. And just remember you guys, he's gonna be starting a new position he's moving actually for this. So again, he's going to be very busy. So if you are reaching out, make sure you guys come prepared and you are not wasting anybody's time because again, that's my number one pet peeve. If you're going to reach out and talk to somebody, always just come prepared. But again, Jack, thank you so much for, Jumping on the podcast. We truly appreciate it. And if you guys are listening, please press that like and subscribe button. That will help us grow this channel. If you guys are listening on the iTunes or any podcast, a five-star review helps us grow this channel to help other people break in. And again, you can grab the ebook at new to medical device sales. Link is in the description on how I just go into detail, how I got four job offers, everything that I did to get these companies, top 30 companies um, to be sending out job offers with no previous sales experience. Working on the second book should be live next week. Uh, Again, my first year in, I just go into my experience of what my first year was like, what I learned, what I wish I would have known, my tips, what I've done to turn around my um, territory. So again, check that out. And then again, we have a Facebook group that you guys can check, New to Medical Device Sales. I'm trying to make a little community there so you can write messages, ask questions. We can answer those. And then also TikTok, LinkedIn, New to Medical Device Sales, Jacob McLaughlin, anywhere reach out to me. Always happy to chat, but thank you so much for taking time to listen and we'll see you on the next one. Peace.